HSBC Business Editions Minat. Hello and welcome to this series of podcasts hosted by HSBC in Minat. Over the course of this series, you'll be hearing from regional business owners, HSBC leaders and market experts on themes such as building back stronger from crisis, digital economies, future cities, outlooks and sustainability. Thank you, everyone, who's joined today's Living Business Roundtable on the topic of trade, transportation, and logistics to explore how we can decarbonize this crucial sector, contributing 25% of global CO2 emissions. My name is Charles Steers, and I'm the Business Development Lead for Sustainable Trade Finance in the MENAT region for HSBC. We are joined by an exciting panel of industry participants who will explore the challenges and the opportunities to decarbonize this sector, and I'm sure we're all looking forward to the insights. So without further ado, I'll hand it over to Keith Bradley from Globally, who is Program Managing the Living Business Initiative for HSBC. Thank you very much, Charles. There's a lot to cover in this webinar. It's a big topic. We've got fleets uh, and greening fleets. We've got logistics facilities themselves. We've got supply chains. And of course, we've got the very important topic of road safety. So we're going to try and cover them all. I'll just go around. Raji, would you like to introduce yourself and say a little bit about your role and what Aramex is doing? Uh, my name is Raji Haktar. I'm the Chief Sustainability Officer at Aramex. So we embed sustainability in all our business processes, starting from the office operations to the shipment movement to dealing with suppliers and agents. Uh, we make sustainability a core. We started looking at carbon emissions since 2008, before even Paris Agreement or the uh, SDGs come out. So this is what we do in Aramis. Thank you, Raji. Thank you. Florence, over to you for a quick introduction. I'm the Chief Sustainability Officer of Shalou Group. We have uh, three major points of focus, people, environment, and uh, all our partners, you know, everything dealing with our supply chain. So same for environment specifically, we're looking at waste management, the recycling. We have an SDG 12 strategy, and we are uh, focusing also on shifting to uh, renewable energy. Thank you, Florence. Thank you. Marwan, would you like to say a few words? So my name is uh, Marwan. Uh, I work for Signify, which is a lighting manufacturer. My role there is basically to design the architectures and systems that provide certain types of benefits like energy savings and other ESG benefits. Thank you. Thank you. Thomas, you've had a very interesting career, but you've been very busy on a very important topic the last <laughs> 10 years or so. so tell us about yes. it. Um, yeah, Road Safety UAE. We are a CSR and engagement platform. We exist now for about eight years. We have been working together with more than 60 CSR-minded brands, top brands, you know, all of them on various initiatives because what we want to do is we want to protect the most wonderful resource that we have, the human resource. So road safety wants to protect lives, and this is also manifested in the SDGs. There is SDG 3.6, which means about 50% reduction in fatalities, and there is the SDG 11.2, which means providing access to safe, affordable, accessible, sustainable transportation. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you. Thank you. 
Perhaps I, we can start off by talking about vehicles. Um, and I know, Aramex, you have a lot of vehicles. Um, you've also been uh, doing some quite pioneering work, both, both actually around road safety and also around uh, looking at how you can start electrifying that fleet of vehicles. Could you tell us a bit about what's been going on at Aramex, Raji, and, and what the sort of results you're seeing on both the safety and the electrification side? Sure. Actually, I'll start with the safety and then I'll move into electrification because safety is more important. So we started very early uh, on the safety driving training and we combined that with an eco-driving training. So each courier would get two types of trainings. We've been reducing our, our all HSC, HSC uh, KPIs year over year. We managed to cut down our fatalities big time. We are partners with Road Safety of uh, Dubai and with Thomas since it was established. We have our team who contributes always to the initiative. On the on the fleet itself, I'm not sure if you know guys, uh, we are a very light asset based company. So physically we lease all our vehicles, our offices worldwide. And this puts a big hurdle on us since we don't own uh, the, the vehicles. Our plan, our strategy is basically converting all our fleets, irrespective of what type of uh, vehicle we are running. Is it a van? Is it a small vehicle? Is it a truck? Into electric or hydrogen in the coming three to five years, wherever technology is available and regulations allow. So, uh, for example, uh, we test now electric uh, motorbikes in Dubai and in Jordan. Okay, fantastic, yes. Maybe go back to the, uh, the driving and the drivers. I mean, clearly one of the most cost-effective, at a very small investment, drivers can be educated on how to drive more safely and how to drive more yes. economically. Thomas, could you say something about how those two things come together um, in, in terms of the way people drive and how you can help com- companies educate their drivers. What we witness very often when we're discussing with big companies like Shalhoub here, for example, RMX here, there's a second segment, and this includes, for example, also HSBC. And this is the segment of our staff. What is the total manpower strength and what is the percentage of people using their private cars to commute from and to work. So when we are talking road safety, we are not only, of course, talking to the commercial drivers or the commercial segment, but we are talking to companies holistically. Now, so it's a combination of, um, of ingrained habits when it comes to, when it comes to driving behavior. So we are challenging people, Hey, when you buy a vehicle, are you buying the right vehicle? Uh, should you maybe use a smaller vehicle? Should you maybe use a smaller engine size? Should you maybe look at, at new technologies when it comes to EV, when it comes to hybrid? We want to change behavior in a very, very holistic manner, not only for the commercial segment, of course, super important, but also when it comes to our staff, to our colleagues, the employees of big corporations. Thank you. That's very, very important. Maybe we can move on and talk a little bit about the logistics facilities themselves, the warehousing, the logistics centers, um, and how those can be uh, greener. Marwan, I know that Signify has done uh, quite a lot of work in this space, so perhaps you can talk us through maybe a case study uh, or, or some examples that you have of how technology today can really make a big difference to 
not just the sustainability and the emissions of, of a center, but also the effectiveness of its running. Yeah, so I'll talk about one project that we did around uh, two years ago. Essentially, this was for a warehouse. Uh, the client was one, a, one of the largest suppliers of automotive glass in the world. And it was quite a large complex, so it was like 47,000 square meters. When they were building this new facility, they had the choice between two options. Or they just go for standard lighting, uh, standard LEDs, or they could go for LEDs plus a smart system. Project had been done two years ago, so we have some results. Uh, from a energy savings point of view, it was almost close to 60% just from the system alone, on top of what the LEDs provide, of course. And that resulted in 250 tons of CO2 emissions reductions per year. And the payback for that project was three years. How did we achieve this? What's in the system, in fact? Uh, so there are a couple of things. So there were like two types of sensors, an occupancy sensor and a daylight sensor. So an occupancy sensor, quite obvious. So when people are not there, uh, lights are off or are dimmed down. And essentially in that project, for example, uh, what we noticed, sometimes some of the alleys in the warehouse, 90% of the time they were, they were not used. So they were just off, I mean, essentially. The other thing is the daylight sensors. So there was quite a bit of uh, natural light so from the, the sun coming in. And essentially the daylight sensor would allow you to set the lighting level at the appropriate, uh, uh, you know, complement the light that you have from, uh, from the sun. The other thing the system had was it was a connected system. So the fixtures and the uh, sensors were connected to the cloud and you could control them through the cloud. And from there we had further optimizations that we could do, uh, for example, like scheduling. So uh, being able to turn off the whole area uh, when it's completely not uh, during certain times of the day, or uh, also by looking at the day-to-day, hour-to-hour, month-to-month usage of the facility in terms of energy consumption. You could do further optimization in terms of the behavior. When do you need to turn off things? When does the sensor need to be to dim down or completely switch off the lights, uh, et cetera? Wow. No, that's, I mean, that's very impressive. It's, I mean, often people think that once they've done the LED lighting, that's the lighting finish. But a further 60% saving um, is, is quite incredible. And it's amazing what technology can, can, can deliver. Raji and Florence, do you have, uh, I wonder whether you have anything to add in terms of uh, energy efficiency or indeed this overall sustainability of your, your logistics centers, your warehousing? In Dubai, I have two solar farms here and two warehouses. Only from solar, I saved around 60% in my uh, consumption, which is equal to 60% of my emissions. And the second thing is, is uh, running energy efficiency, as I mentioned earlier. This also saved a lot. All the warehouses have skylights. So, and above each aisle, there are at least 10 to 15 skylights. So during the day, you feel that you are outside. And these skylights are insulated, so there's no heat leakage inside from uh, from outside. Uh, we have very smart systems in uh, within the warehouse, so uh, while walking, only one light will, will light above you, and the minute you move to 10 meters ahead, the light will go off, the second light will go on. If you are moving with the forklift, the same goes on. Yeah, on the forklift side, all our forklifts are electric. And in case in some countries where we cannot afford electric or it's not available, then we go into a CNG or LPG vehicles, which is a natural, uh, a natural gas. Uh, also, the insulation is extremely important to have an air shield on front of each door. So even if the, uh, the workers in the warehouse leave it open, the air shield will not allow uh, dust and uh, heat coming from outside to inside. So, yeah, this way you make sure that the facility in total is uh, energy-saving facility.
Fantastic. And, and you mentioned, uh, you touched very briefly on solar. You, I know you've been using solar a lot. Um, how, yes. What's your experience been? Well, we started in Jordan, actually, uh, because Jordan had the first regulations come out in the region here. And my solar farm in Jordan initially uh, covered more than 92% of my country consumption. Uh, the minute we expanded with the electric vehicles and we had new offices, it went down to 70%. As we talk now, we are upgrading the two solar farms we have there uh, to cover more than 95%. In UAE, uh, each solar farm saves me financially every year, more than uh, every month, more than $6,000 in, in money. Uh, also, it, it cuts a lot of my emissions because besides the lighting in the warehouses, we have uh, cooling. So we try to cover as much as we can. Now we are looking at two other solar farms in Dubai. We are looking at Egypt, Saudi Arabia. So wherever the regulation allows and technology is available, we just move with them. Florence, anything to add? Yeah, uh, for sure. So I wanted to um, to add on what uh, Raji was saying. I mean, when it comes to uh, our, the sustainability of our warehouses, we have also equipped four of our uh, UAE uh, sites uh, with a solar panel. Uh, so two in our main uh, warehouses here in uh, in Jebel Ali. We are eagerly uh, waiting for regulations, you know, to evolve also in some countries like Saudi. When it comes to our um, fleet of vehicles, because we're not really a transport company, we know we do we do have a, a lot of logistics, but uh, we are uh, trying now to shift to uh, hybrid or electrical vehicles. And for us, it's quite a challenge to find the right formula and to have access to the right uh, vehicles here in the market, moving up quite uh, quickly. Thank you all very much. We've covered a lot. I hope there have been some useful ideas that have come out of the discussion that the, uh, the companies that are listening can potentially take away and start applying in their own businesses. Um, but thank you all very much for your contributions. It's a very important and exciting topic with lots of opportunities. Uh, I, with that, on that note, I'm going to hand back to Charles. Thank you, Keith. And I think thank you to all the panelists on behalf of HSBC. I mean, I certainly learned a lot during that session. Um, it was really great to get some, some tangible industry feedback in terms of, you know, different sustainability initiatives and what the ROIs are looking like um, and, and just hear from you all about the various initiatives that, that you're deploying across your respective verticals. So, you know, I, I definitely benefited a lot from the session. Um, I hope all the participants who joined in as well. And on behalf of HSBC, thank you very much. That's it for this edition of HSBC Business Editions. Subscribe now to be updated with our latest episodes. We look forward to welcome you to the next episode.